Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe. On the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 37th episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc. Or, of course, you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com. And please tune in to any of my previous episodes with my inspiring guests. As all my loyal listeners know, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and in our understandings, both about ourselves and the world around us. Those places where we don't want to look. Listen, we live in turbulent times and we are coming to understand that life simply isn't black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guests this evening. Samite is a world-renowned musician, humanitarian, photographer, and horse lover. Born and raised in Uganda, Samite travels the world bringing his message of peace and hope through the healing power of music. Samite is the subject of the documentary Song of the Refugee, distributed by PBS in 1998. It was while filming this that Samite's work as a humanitarian began. In 2002, he founded Musicians for World Harmony, an organization dedicated to enabling musicians throughout the world to share their music to promote peace, understanding, and harmony among people. In that capacity, he travels to sing, play music, and exchange stories with victims of war, poverty, and HIV-AIDS. He performed his arrangement of the traditional Baganda song Ani Oyo for the Dalai Lama in 2007 during Bridging Worlds with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in Ithaca, New York. In 2018, Samite finished recording his 11th CD, Resilience, and subsequently created a multimedia one-man play of the same name based on his life, work, and journey, in which he tells the story of his emergence from the nightmare of life under Amin and Milton Obote to being a healer through the power of music. His song, On the Same Journey, was nominated for the Hollywood Music in Media Awards. HMMA is the first award organization to honor original music, song, and score in all visual media from around the globe. Internationally acclaimed violinist Shem Gabori is an award-winning soloist and chamber musician. Since 1992, Mr. Gabori has been a member of the first violin section of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra and has appeared as soloist with the New York Philharmonic the Beethoven Halle Orchestra, the Kansas City Symphony, and the Symphony of the New World. 
He was the original violinist in the Steve Reich Ensemble and has performed throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Long hailed for his interpretations of 20th century music, his recording a violin phase on ECM label has become an American classic of avant-garde music. Master teacher, director, and coach, he founded Innovative Music Programs in 2002 and has developed a series of imaginative musical programs with performers, composers, and visual artists. These programs reflect his work developing an expressive performance language derived from the intrinsic unity of the arts. Guitarist Sean Harkness is in high demand as a performer, composer on solo guitar and accompanies an astonishing array of world-class vocalists, musicians, and ensembles. Sean's multiple awards include Mac, Bistro, and BroadwayWorld.com awards. Sean represents Walden Guitars and DR Strings and has many commercial releases as an artist on Wyndham Hill Records, BMG, RCA, Sony, and others. Sean has an active international touring schedule, most recently including Africa, the Caribbean, and Japan, of concerts, clubs, festivals, corporate events, and intimate private home salons or fundraisers. A musician's musician of exceptional versatility, Sean is often requested to teach guitar master classes and music workshops. Hello and welcome. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's wonderful, wonderful meeting all of you, having you all on. Thank Thanks you. Hello, me. Sandra. <laughs> well, I like to start this out with a nice long bio, CV reading, because unfortunately, an hour flies by. So I like to give a lot on all of my guests because we're only going to be able to touch on some of these things, certainly in Kamara being our focus for the evening. But I also like to tell my listeners how I know how I bring my guests on. And so I have to start with Mr. Sean Harkness, who I know through the cabaret world in New York City. And I, I met you. I, I know that I knew of you, but I'm positive I knew you by the time you did with Ian Herman, who is the musical director on The Edge of Every Day, the original solo show. And, ah. and I composed a few songs for that. Uh, you did your duets at Subculture, and I was in that audience. You sure did. Yeah, Ian's a brilliant musician and even more brilliant human. I haven't yeah. seen him in forever. That's, that's great. I forgot. That's how we met. Yeah, and shout out to you, Ian Herman. And yeah. your compositions were extraordinary and unusual and speak to the entire evening that we're going to have here, bringing a guitarist with a piano player on original compositions. Hello. Outside the box, pushing the boundaries. So I met these wonderful gentlemen through you. When we, when I bumped into you at Ann Kittridge's show and told you about the plum on my property up in the Catskill Mountains. I just so love the idea of what you guys have cooking up there. That uh, I, I've always loved doing house concerts. I think, uh, Samite, you do some of that as well, yeah. right? House concerts? I have a, I- I've actually only done one in New York City. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. How about you, but, Shem? Uh, yeah, I know I, you have. Yeah, I've done. I've done a bunch. Yeah, I know you've got a specific thing that we'll get to later. The Bach. Yeah, no, no. It's, 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 feel free to tell stories. Yeah, it's great. House concerts are great. I'm new to them, but I'm I'm combining them with a, a salon sort of feeling. I was going to say you actually created a venue where people Completely. could you got with a salon yeah. vibe. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that in the, at, the, at the end when we start plugging for that show. I want to dive in. Um, I'm going to weave in some of your, uh, the three of you have quotes on your website under your bios. And I'm going to start with you, Sean. One of the things that sets me apart from other guitarists in NYC is that I work with so many different people from theater queens to blues artists, movie stars to folk singers, Broadway divas to jazz snobs. And everything else in, on the spectrum. Love that. Love that. 
Most people find a niche and work it. If I have a niche, it is as the guy who can bring anything to life with heart and authenticity. I, I think everyone who knows you would agree with that completely and utterly. So, so, and it speaks of your embrace of diversity and your compelling musical curiosity. Tell me, how did you, and I'm going to ask all three of you to weigh in on this. How did you, though, Sean, how did all three of you come to your instruments? How did they, playing your instruments, how did they speak to you? How did they change you? How did they set you on this path? Beginning, should I? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just a little kid and I didn't know any better, you know, and it was, it was all about Glenn Campbell. Honestly, I saw him on TV and that's just, that really spoke to me. And it's, it's uh, not ironic. It's coincidental that years later I discovered that he was not only a solo artist, but he was also in the wrecking crew and responsible for playing with all of the stars of that day, all the stuff that you'd hear on both AM and FM radio. <laughs> I remember that, um, you know, he, he was part of that band that played with everybody. Watch the documentary about them. If you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and when I was a little kid at 11 years old, I had a teacher who basically encouraged me, just said, Hey, listen, if this, you know, he's telling my parents in front of me while I'm just watching them talk back and forth. If he learns his chords and scales and arpeggios and develops good reading skills and becomes conversant in a bunch of different styles of music, he could be a working musician. So I just did all that stuff. And like six months later, I had a steady gig at 11, you know, and I've (laughs) been doing that ever since. And it sounds like a really cool thing to be able to say, but fast forward 40 years and, you know, I meet somebody in the airport with a guitar case on my back and they strike up a conversation and say, what kind of music do you play during the headlights? I, I will. Why don't you just tell me what kind of music you like, you know, <clears throat> because I'm still doing that same thing that I learned to do when I was 11 yeah. play with anybody, you know? So, um, that's, that's kind of what I do. And I love, I just, I love playing songs. I love playing instrumental music. I compose. I just, my love is for, just being in it. And um, I seek out people that find me useful. (laughs) And these guys are the best so far. (laughs) How about you, Jim? Jim? Me? How did you come to the violin? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Well, I grew up in a family where I was um, next to youngest on the bottom. Um, uh, Four older brothers and a sister. And everybody played violin. My father was born in Odessa in a little Jewish shtetl, oh, nowhere in 1899. And in that, from that time period, if you came to the United States, of course your children played the violin. If you were from Odessa, of course your children played the violin. He didn't, but his children did. So everybody older than me, they played violin. And one day there was this little... I can see it. This it's about it was about this big little violin case with the hound's tooth checked cover, and it's in the corner. Now, like I knew this was for me, so I went over uh-huh. and I took it and I opened it up, and they said, "How do you know that's for you?" And that's where it started. And my older brother Yanoin was my first teacher for a long time. Oh my goodness! So, so it was a little so little did, crazy. Did, did you know, all kind of, of them fun. become professionals? I mean, no. was it just no? Um, no you... My older brother did and was he's retired now and my younger brother um sar is uh, amazing pianist all through central new york teaches at hamilton college and he's like he's ubiquitous when it comes to piano in central new york well music and in specific the violin was in your dna i love that story when we come back, we are going to get Samite's story on how he came to his instruments. And we're also going to hear my violin story. <laughs> ah, when good. we come back with Kumara on the edge of every day. Stay tuned, everyone. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. 
While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. of every day with Kumara, Sean Harkness, Shem Gibori, and Samite. So m- quickly, my life-changing, edgy story about violin was with my dad. Um, I played the violin from six years old because my father played the violin, Shem. Oh my gosh. And I, it was, I was my mother's way and not my father's. And it was a way for me to bridge a, mm-hmm. a, a communication with him because mm-hmm. we struggled so much that way. And it mm-hmm. gave me a language, a doorway in. And I think there was a, a tiny bit of a, a, a dream, living his dream, because he would have loved to have been in your footsteps for his life work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very meaningful. So, Samite, tell us your yes. story. I think my story started with uh, um, me watching my grandfather play the wooden traditional flute yes, and him showing me how to make sounds out of it. It was difficult in the beginning. And then uh, later on, I was introduced to a Western flute uh, in the high school, in my high school, and I played in the orchestra. So my, my whole journey actually was mostly the flute. These are the instruments. I play a few other instruments. They came along as I... You know, as I was growing, yeah. Yeah. How did how did playing that? How did and you performed a lot with it? Yes, um, with your flute. Yes, and I still do. Uh, I mean, as a young I've, person. As a young person, yes. And I I did play. I was the you know the flute player in Kenya. I was known as the top flute player uh, until I came to the U.S. But I've also used the traditional wooden flute, something like this. Yes. To uh, to perform in in places where people are distressed, so the flute is a, is an easy instrument to carry along, and it touches people really quickly. So, mm. I, it's, it's, yes, that's beautiful. So you connected to that immediately. Um, I did. Yeah, that sounds to me like all three of you connected to it pretty quickly. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to dive in. I I I'm going to read Shem's wonderful quote from his bio and then dive into Kumara and your relationship because I'm I'm overwhelmed by all three of you everything that I've read on all three of you speaks to the the essence of a live performance and the communion between the performer and the listener and the instrument and the, the spirit of the instrument I've been very, which is why I asked you all 
about how you connected to your instruments. So here's Shem's quote from his bio. By nature and by choice, I look for the commonality in all things, musical and artistic, in our culture and all cultures. Those things that tie us together as human beings are part of the driving force in my creative process. I believe that art has a potency and that is as just as relevant to today's society as ever before. Lovely and so true. So how did the three of you meet? What's that story? <laughs> Power of storytelling. I she think, wants to dive in. Well, I think either Sean or Samite should tell that story. But I, <laughs> I, I first met Sean. I'll start it out. I first met Sean back in somewhere around 2005, 6, 2007. Oh, wow. Um, because I was um, the writer, one of three writers, I did the music, on a new theatrical show that had music from all sorts of different genres. I read about it, it was an original story of a young girl coming of age and leaving the nest through her own motive power, not through a love interest. And it right. was told through music. And Sean was a guitarist on that show. And it was just like amazing playing with him because he could, it was so easy. He could cover all the different genres, including. Um, um, a, one of the commissions we had was a piece from the medi in the medieval Arabic classical style, which would be 800 A.D., 900 A.D., by the violinist and oud player um, Simon Shaheen, which was written for us. And he could do that. He could do it. Was just he could play this uh, 19th century romantic violin piece, which had guitar to it. I was like, wow. <laughs> and then I don't know. And then fast forward. 12 years, something like that, whatever. And I'm like, he, he had talked about playing to, at a couple of clubs with him. And I wasn't, didn't feel quite confident that I could do that and, mm. and carry my weight because the type of improvisation that I had done before was very abstract, right? The New York Philharmonic, all those big orchestral soloist credits were with the uh, violin concerto written for me by Anthony Davis. And it was mostly improvised. Um, there was uh, a couple of little notes that he wrote out. I mean, not a couple of little notes. He, he wrote some stuff, but it was all. So I didn't feel that. And then Sean and I had tea in New York. Said, I think I'm ready. And he said, well, there's only one person in the world I can think of who who, who is, could be perfect. And he introduced me to Samite. And then we, Samite, could you take it from there? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, uh Shame called, uh, Sean called me and said, I want to introduce you to this amazing um, musician. Uh, he plays the violin. I think the three of us could make some magic. And uh, and at first I was a little hesitant, like thinking like classical violin player and then jazz. And then where am I going to fit in with my traditional instruments? And then, of course, when we got together, it it was magical. It was magical, and it was the first time I, I had gotten together with musicians, real musicians, after COVID. So it was oh, all like, yes. he, yeah, it was like, oh my goodness, it was, all, it was, it was absolute amazing, heaven, right? Yes. Oh, oh, this is what Andy Vaughn. Shout out to Andy Vaughn. Said, I'm a longtime friend of Sean's and spent time with them as they developed the music in a church near Syracuse. They asked me to help document the process, and it was a transcendent experience. Glorious. And, and of course, that's a, a completely what the one little clip that I saw of you guys was, it was so deeply moving. So well, deeply thanks to Andy, we have a small mountain of uh, video footage hmm. to put together with the audio recordings that we've made from that as well. To, to create some more promotional materials and we'll be releasing that as it's ready. Um, yeah. Andy was very helpful. Uh, and, and he and a couple, only a couple of other people, photographers and friends who actually came into the room while we were exploring and discovering this music ourselves, uh, had a very similar reaction to it oh, that yes. we had. 
<laughs> you know, and we one. saw it actually fed us to see how they would respond and like, mm. okay, this is working. This so did is you definitely have, working. Did you guys have an idea of what you wanted to create uh, uh, and then it, you know, some sort of idea and then it flowed or did you completely just allow it to emerge as its own yes. being? We allowed it <laughs> yes, to both. Yes. <laughs> it was all that, all that and more. Yes, yes. Oh um, my! Well, how did you come up with the name Kumara? Which I you share with everyone. Uh, I, we we yeah. were we were messing around with different syllables from ancient languages mm-hmm. that combined the notion of divine feminine, divine masculine divine child with the the reasoning behind it being that somehow if you are as we are in a world that seems really out of balance between yang yin child right masculine feminine child right that restoring balance was something we felt that's what great music does right and that's what we wanted to do. So we played around. Then I came across this um, uh, a, a book by Tricia McCannon, which she was tracing. Actually, she wrote a bunch of books. Anyway, in this book was a Sanskrit a definition from the Sanskrit that has the um, syllable ku or hu is higher self. Ma is divine mother and Ra is the father of light and when you combine them together somehow it, it adds up to be um, mother father holy child yeah, the, the story of the universe yeah the creative right. force and um, flesh and we we because it is a name that's also a personal name that people give and because we're not the only people people I think on the planet to recognize Kumara we crafted it as kumaramusic.com yeah. So as to distinguish that what we do is not trying to coattail anybody else. We're doing something that's very original. Uh, it, it very much speaks to me. And the balance, of course, is what I do in The Edge of Every Day. That right. was the concept of the, the original show and the subsequent podcast. Samite, when did you discover the healing power of music? Tell us that story. Um. <clears throat> I think it's uh, really, really the the real uh, the, the first time I really realized okay, there's power here. Um, I was in um, I was in Liberia. I was invited by a gentleman to go shoot a documentary called "The Song of the Refugee," which was about me returning, a refugee returning to Africa, and it was it was in an IDP camp, internally displaced persons camp. And there, the young kids had seen so much suffering, so much pain, that they were not even blinking when they when flies went into their eyes. They were just like numb after seeing their parents being killed, after seeing so much death around them. And at first, I was hesitant. I didn't know if I could even play. But then the director encouraged me to play flute. And I played this wooden flute. And... Uh, the moment I finished playing the flute, the kids whose eyes were not focused, they were pulling on my shirt saying, can, can I sing a song for you? Can I sing a song for you? Mm. And, uh, and then soon the mothers in that same camp, the mothers had the kids sing, and the mothers came and took over the whole show, singing their own music. And, uh, and then eventually even the guys came and joined, the fathers. But, but it was just, that's when it happened. That's when it happened. That, that's when I realized, wow, just by playing flute, I could get people to feel like they can sing again. Oh, so beautiful. My goodness. Well, and, and I'd like to hear from you, Sean. When did you discover the power, healing power of music? Has that been your modus operandi your whole life, or did you have a definitive? No, well, the healing power of music, honestly, is in the way that you're asking about it, healing others is is still a process. And as well as yourself, absolutely. Well, the the healing the, the healing process of music, as as it applies to other people, is a new process, and I'm discovering it largely with these oh. gentlemen's help. 
um, and some of the experiences that I've had on Wyndham Hill. But for me, it was my own healing. I I didn't get into music to to you know meet girls or or be you know one of the Beatles or something. That, that was all before me. I, for me, music was somewhere I could go. It was a safe space. I could hide in my room and practice and and just disappear into this vast musical world. And 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 you know, so when I was asked as a young person to to perform, I was no, I don't. I, you know, it took a long time for me to come out of my shell, and mm. it's that's still awkward for me a lot of times, except when it's in the arena like this of having it be so honest and so real and have a, an audience that's open to the music in that way. And I'm playing with other people who are comfortable with that, like Sami Tate. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, I can play along with that. So I'm still discovering to answer your question. That's, that's absolutely gl- glorious, Sean. That, that so speaks to the power of finding your voice through music, through the arts. Yeah. For yourself absolutely beautiful well we need to go to break and when we come back i want to dig in further about about the music that you're creating with kumara so folks listening in stay tuned on the edge of every day Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So I'm going to start this round out with Samite's quote. While performing, I see that people are able to forget their differences and join as one in the moment. My hope for that moment to last. If we can make that moment last, the world will be a better place. Ashe. Ah, yes. So, Shem. We didn't get your before yes. we dig dig in more to uh, oh, yes. tomorrow's music. Uh, I want to hear about how your discovery, your well, edge around. Yeah, I'm more like in Sean's direction with that experience. I've known, I've had this notion that it could, right? Of but course, I think all artists, uh, right, plug like, into it and to some extent. I know for a fact that, like, I have two lifelong friends who were. Um, had positions in the medical community with lots of responsibility where people's lives were really on their shoulders and their decisions day in and day out. And I met them at the Metropolitan Opera where they would come on weekends and sit through Friday night opera, 
two operas on Saturday, and if there were any Sunday concerts, they were there, and that's how they restored. And this was at a time where the the theater was operating at an incredible brilliance, where there was night after night, 4,000 people in the house, um, you know, four or 500 people basically producing the show, everyone like one. We get there now too sometimes, but this was... This was uh, long. This way before COVID, and I knew that these people were being touched by that, right? And I thought, well, that's cool, but it always seemed to me elusive. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me, you know, I don't know. This is like another twenty odd years to get to the point where, when I'm playing with Sean and Samita, I feel like, oh, that's the place, mm-hmm. right? That's the place. It's a very quiet place, but it's very powerful. And I've also come to other understandings, and I think this ties to the our long picture vision, which is that in that place, and this is my language, I mean, you know, Samite, Sean, they may express it differently, they may not agree with the way I say it, but I think we, we kind of feel something in common here, that when you're in that zone and the music is playing you, right? You, the, the ego, the practice-trained musical athlete, right, disappears and the music flows, that is predominantly yin energy, with a balance of the young masculine energy, right? And it may change, but it's how the universe is made up. Mostly in and a portion of young. And when we do that as music, it intensifies. And it has an, a sympathetic vibration in other human beings. Hopefully they like the music. Maybe they'll dance. Maybe they'll cry. Maybe they'll laugh. Or whatever. But it does something beyond that and then if you then take those performances and move them to let's just say a certain type of sacred place that maybe has been in existence for millennia but for the last 2000 years it had a church on it right or a retreat place or a synagogue or i don't know if it would be permitted a mosque or some other place that isn't anybody's um brand and you put that music there and we touch into that source energy from the earth or divine on that location, that's a power multiplier. So the transformative ability of those vibrations becomes even more magnified. Do individual people benefit? Totally. When we go to a street corner in Brooklyn or a subway on the far-flung parts in Manhattan play, will something magical happen there sacred-wise? Totally. But there are many, many, many ways to frame this power. Mm. And baby, it will melt the negative. It will melt. Gorgeous. Unstoppable. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but that momentum goes. Well, but that's that's what seed planting is all about. Gentlemen, Samite Sean, would you care to add to that? Any thoughts on that? I mean, well, it, really. So, Sean, go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to comment on uh, Shem. You, you have described for me, and you did a little bit just now. You know, some of those transcendent moments of being involved in the the, the opera, where you can just feel the whole room. So 4,000 people capacity, something like that? 4,007. Okay. Something like that, or 37, some numbers like that. Plus all the people on stage and backstage and everywhere. And you can, you're just aware that everyone is concerted and in that moment. And it, this that includes must, the crew. Yeah. They're, they're on it. Yeah. And all the labyrinthine backstages and everything. And everyone's in it and on it. And, and that's, that's beautiful. Um, as three people only we we can get there quicker i think uh we kind of start there and that's the beauty of it in a lot of ways and i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that because 
that is a healing power, whether you were going at it that way or not, for sure. Um, and and uh, Samite, I, got, I have to admit uh, publicly that I was very daunted about the prospect of playing with you when we were first doing the shows in Wyndham Hill. And we were playing some larger rooms, maybe with two to 3,000 seat auditorium, you know, performing arts centers, some smaller, five to 500 to 1,000. But whatever, going out in front of the, an audience, that's a sacred moment. The lights go down, they're listening, we're performing, but they're part of it. And I would go out and do my thing and play solo guitar pieces, and maybe I'd try to do something with somebody else and it would work or not, for better or for worse. And you're gracious enough to have me join you a couple of times. And then the next time you'd be like, well, let's just do one tonight or, you know, whatever. And I was just, I was like, ah, because what you were looking for, even though there are only two chords in the whole thing, it wasn't like it was, you know, musically daunting. It was personally like it, I had to be there on such an authentic, genuine heartfelt soulful level to really bring it for you and to support you in what you were doing with the audience you know and and and, and you're just kind of no you know in, in rehearsal or sound check no i need you to be more this i need you more that. like <laughs> you mean like this no but you know like you, and you were really specific about it and i wanted so bad to, to get you know and i think we finally found it and that we play well yes. together now and so when we got yes. together with the three of us and you liked it that just made me so perfectly happy, <laughs> just to my core. Like, good, we got it. <sighs> what is, so this is a great transition into what have you guys learned from each other? What well, are you my... learning from each other? Continue to elaborate on that. Samite. Oh. Well, uh, oh my goodness. Um, I mean, <laughs> first of all, uh, he, uh, Sean is an amazing guitarist, and I think he's the glue between the two of us in a lot of ways. And he he understands music at a at a, at a different level. I I tend to look for that thing that most people, most trained musicians, run away from. Uh, it's, it's it's a magical place where it's really simple, but it's almost childlike. And most that's where most musicians tend to want to show that they they have a lot of, uh, you know, they can really do it. You're showing off all these things they are trained to do, and I feel like usually that's where most people run away from the magic. That's the magic is not there. The magic is connecting with the audience, and that there's a wave that goes on, and it and it could the music might even sound repetitive, but it's not repetitive. If you really see, you know, if you let yourself realize what's happening there, the energy from the audience and everything going on. But uh, I found that when we got together with, um, you know, with both these, when I got together with this uh, gentleman, the magic was already there. We arrived because we were all, first of all, we were hurting from not performing, from COVID, you know, shut down. And I think we were all just really starting at a very beautiful place. We, had, we were starting at a magical place. So, uh, and we continue to do that. Um, I think that's all I can say do you about believe, that. Do oh. all three of you believe that um, COVID polished us all in certain ways? That, 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 that what you're describing about coming together and the simplicity of your work, that everyone was called to some element of that through the isolation, through what's next and through the rug of that we being pulled and the notion that humans, we love to believe that we're somehow in control and maybe Samite, you're more connected to, to not being in control, but this, this polishing through COVID that I think everyone was called to. Mm -hmm. Shem, how would you respond to that? Did you feel that in response to Samite, what he just shared? For me, yes. The COVID experience, I think, was like that. It's like it's. It was like being all the artists, all the audience members, all the people in the world being put in this giant tumbler with polishing rocks yeah. and 
they're get, you're getting scrubbed and some people didn't make it. Right. Um, for me, it, the COVID experience forced me to get off the train of being a violinist in the Met, which is, it's like running the marathon from yeah. September to May. And I busied myself and I started doing tracks with some colleagues, uh, started making an album with the bass player, Mark Elias. You may know Mark. I don't know. He has a house up, up not too far from you. Hmm. Um, we And we did these tracks separately. And then, then the three of us started experimenting around together. And by the time we came together, I was, I feel like a burden had been lifted off of me hmm. of the, of the, the treadmill of life. And it was like, I am, for the first time in a long time, I felt like I'm home oh. with these guys. I, I'm home. Life is changing. I want more of this, please. I want more of this, a, please. Was, right. Yes, there was a magical moment quickly I can share. Um, we were, after the day, after we spent time discovering sounds, we were sitting outside in the dark, um, like beautiful. We have a, a, it's a farm, you know, and uh, outside there's just us. And I said, can you explain to me how you felt when we were, when there was a, you know, it's called shutdown or closed down? What do they call it? When COVID Lockdown. Closed, lockdown, yeah. Lockdown, yes. And uh, I said, how did you guys feel when there was a lockdown? And um, uh, <laughs> Sean just bust out into real big tears. And that moment, for me, that was it. I was like, this is my guy. This is the guy. He he didn't say anything. He just started crying. <laughs> and then was, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. He explained the whole feeling of what... We, it was so magical. That moment, I went to bed like, oh, my goodness. He says it. He's This is it. This is it. This is the healing power of music, my goodness. Yes. For the three of you and for yes. all of us that will be gifted to be listening to you, what you create. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from our last break. Stay tuned on the edge of every day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never So, for this last quarter, I'd like to um, speak on what's on your leading edge. What kind, what is the, um, speak to us about what what you've discovered and what you're creating musically. Sean. 
how is this new and different and 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 polishing you and helping you to change musically well um yeah as i was just touching on a, a moment ago i think it it it, it uh polishing or uh, odd word it's certainly helping me to, to uh, you know grow more of an authenticity so no matter what i'm playing uh, it doesn't have to be technically perfect it just has to have heart and soul and connection real connection all the time and that informs all the other things i do musically um and just the relationship that we have as friends as, as just humans and how that translates into the music you know, I think we, we bring that with us wherever we go so that whether, uh, you know, as Shem was saying, whether we're playing on a you know street corner in Brooklyn or a subway stop or if we're playing at the Vatican or Machu Picchu, wherever we are, it's a sacred place. So our, our uh, overarching goal or storyline of like we are going to be playing this music in sacred places around the world, you know, it starts well in your backyard <laughs> wherever we happen to be you know? that's glorious john I, I do either of you want to weigh in on that have you discovered something new musically i i, I understand the internal softness and the internal balancing of that urge towards being present to the music and struggling with and I, as a singer i've struggled with this something the technical the training versus the intuition that can that can be a challenge and uh, are there things that uh shem that you've discovered i know samite it feels more into the intuition of it um have, mm -hmm. but have you discovered something musically that was surprising to you well yeah in a way like my musical impulses are good that's what i've discovered <laughs> yeah excellent you know, I mean, now, mind you, you know, like if something's not right, I think all of us feel the same. You know, that's not right. That's Doesn't feel right. right. Needs more of this, needs that. So we're not talking about like an easy passage, right? Or just blah, 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 right? But when I am actually just trusting, it seems to go pretty well. Mm. And, and it, for me, like the world of classical music is so um, the culture of exactitude, right? It's so hard to bypass for all of its wonder and um, capacity for astonishment, right? It's very hard to bypass and get to the place of the child. Yes. And I feel like I am relieved of that burden with these guys. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. It's good to hear. You know, another thing that, that comes to mind as you're asking about this, um, you know, I play in so many different environments, uh, it, it, but one of the common threads I noticed, you know, there's a, that old adage of people don't necessarily know what they like, but they like what they know you know yeah right um, and i played in so many bar bands for so many years and i used to have a joke about you know someday going to a a, a neil young concert and yelling out play some pat metheny you know um <laughs> there are a few musicians who will find that funny <clears throat> you know everybody wants to hear something that they know a song they recognize and i, I know samite has had great success with that when he goes into the bush with his flute and he plays a melody that somebody can relate to because they've heard it before there there is a, a strength to that a ritual. Um, so so it i use i use the, the connector and not but and um when we bring Impro improvised music and self-composed music into a room full of people who don't know us yet or what we're really bringing we have to have whatever we're doing has to be on that level so that even if they don't know it yet it has to still resonate have a, uh, they feel like they know it do you know what i mean like that's a criteria that i think we're we're aiming for all the time and it's almost it's it's that's I think that's the first time I've ever actually said something like that out loud. It's a hard thing to articulate and to really, 
you know, how, there's no method book that tells you how to get to that, you know. Yeah, the depth uh, of that. Writing it as we go along here, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we have Wait, wait, I want to hear from Samite if he has something to say on that question, if you would, Sandra. Unfortunately, we've just got, we've, uh, we've got just a okay, couple more minutes. I I'll apologize. talk to you after the show. I apologize, I, I, as always. It's just, I want to you know, know what? We're going to put all of the places to find you. No, Samite, we're going to go with that, and we'll put all of the places where we can find you in the show notes. We don't have to talk about that. Go for it, Samite, please. Oh my goodness! I, I actually I was so happy that I wasn't going to have to say anything about it. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> um, okay, he, here's something that they, I, I hadn't told these guys. Um, uh oh, I, I oh, but I'm yes. sitting down now. Yes, no, 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 no. I'm uh, I've been practicing um, counting. I've never counted. Oh, ever. I'm so sorry. Yes, and and so the, the first thing they say, how how many times, how many, uh, uh, you know, what's the, where's the where's the one? And it's like, I I don't care. I usually just play. Oh, I love. Just, oh, this is brilliant. Uh, uh, and and so I've been practicing counting, and I've been like, uh, uh, and it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. I've never counted all my life. I'm I'm sixty five, and I've never counted. So this is the first time in my life I'm counting in music. So. That's that's the new thing. Musical curiosity for the rest of our lives, <laughs> continual growth. It that never stops. That is the stops. edge of every day. That is the edge of every day. Always pushing the boundaries. Okay, yes. so we can find you at kumaramusic.com. You can go to sandrabargeman.com and read all about their upcoming uh, performance in our. Small, but our humble but mighty salon space in Boysville, New York, the Plum at Traver Hollow House. Gentlemen, I am very grateful to spend this hour with you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Sandra. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having us. I can't we'll wait. see you soon. Yeah, can't wait for you to come we'll on you up. in a couple of weeks. Yes, indeed. Those of you who are listening in, check out Come On Up to Boysville. Thank you all for listening, that you are listening in, for spending this hour with us. And remember, you are always on the edge of the miraculous. Till we speak next week, take good care. This is our last dance. This is our last dance. This is our business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc in a 
post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Empower. 